Hello, my name is Declan Demine. Welcome to Checkpoints. This is a show about video games, the people who play them and the people who make them. Each episode, a guest on the show talks about the games that have shaped their life in one way or another. Games that have inspired them, games that have forged connections, and games that have soothed wounds. My guest on today's episode, and I'm going to apologize in advance because I'm definitely going to get the pronunciation wrong, um, is Jennifer Schurler. <laughs> that sounds like I'm making a joke, Jennifer Schurler. Um, I'm not. I'm, I don't mean to make a joke of that. It's just it's a, it's a difficult name to pronounce. She pronounced it beautifully at the beginning of the episode, um, and and she's amazing. It's such a brilliant chat. Um, I've got kind of a little mini run of uh, Australian guests um, in the next couple of weeks. So Jenny is the game design lead at Opaque Space, which is a studio in Melbourne, and they're making a game called Earthlight. They're making it in collaboration with NASA, which is just like oh, so exciting. Um, and it's kind of a VR slash simulator game about um, astronauts. Recently, actually recently won the best game and best studio at the Australian Game Awards. And it's a really just super fascinating chat kind of um, because she's she's German originally. So we get to talk all about kind of growing up playing games in Germany, which is like I, I always love, you know, stories of, you know, what kind of youth games were like in a particular country and then the move to Australia and um oh yes yeah, it's, it's so good really fascinating chat um and i am sure you will enjoy it you'll enjoy it so much that you'll be racing to itunes to write your reviews and ratings um which i actually i said last week if i got like five or six i wouldn't mention it but well i i haven't actually checked but i don't think i'm fairly certain i haven't um you know i have a, an older skewing audience people are busy it's fine i understand it um, but nevertheless, you should totally do that. And um, as always, you can get in touch with the show. It's checkpointspodcast at gmail.com or it's at checkpointshow on Twitter or it's checkpointspodcast on Facebook. It's very important to have consistent branding. Uh, do follow the show as well if you like it and uh, give it a like on Facebook. Um, you know, as as always, I like seeing numbers go up. It's, it's the kind of video game instinct in me. Um... Oh, there's a Patreon too. If you really like the show, there's a Patreon page, which is patreon.com forward slash checkpoints. Uh, any and all donations, very gratefully received and go back into making the show as good as it possibly can be. Um, I do, I mentioned last week a kind of exciting thing that I would potentially be using some of the Patreon money for in January. I think that's still happening. Um, I don't know for definite yet, but either way, I'm very excited about it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that that's a bit of an empty tease, really, because you don't really know what that would be. But still, it's good. Um, I, I swear. Uh, speaking of cool things coming up, actually, uh, Games Are For Everyone is in Edinburgh this uh, Thursday, the 30th, I think. Um, I mean, this doesn't apply to everybody, but if you're local, if you're in Glasgow or Edinburgh, uh, I would highly recommend Games Are For Everyone. They are always uh, amazing events put on by We Throw Switches, uh, all kinds of amazing, interesting games on show and also just a brilliant sort of place to be you know they really kind of transform the caves in edinburgh it's uh, it's amazing and i've had the kind of i i i saw the we throw switches guys last week and they mentioned some of the kind of installations they've got there and oh my god it sounds amazing i'm very much looking forward to it um okay all the admin stuff out of the way 
I'll be back as always next week with a new episode and a new guest. But until then, let's get on with the show. I'm really lucky, actually, because I, I, yeah. I've got a, a few friends. I had a few friends who work in games in the UK, um, and then it's kind of just branched out from there. And I've managed to get like all sorts of amazing people now, so I'm uh, I'm really enjoying it. It's actually quite interesting because the first kind of hundred or so episodes, I either knew the people that I was talking to, or I was like <laughs> very much aware of them. If you know what I mean, like people like Tim Schafer and stuff. Yeah, obviously, yeah. I know who that is. And for the last kind of like four or five, I guess, and yourself included, and please don't take this in a negative way, but they're all people that I'm kind of discovering kind of through doing the show. Um, so they're just people doing really interesting things that I perhaps wasn't aware of before. So it's kind of, it's a bit weird for me, I guess, yeah. but, but it's really exciting because I get to talk to like all sorts of, like Mike Cook was one of the most recent ones I did who does yeah. AI and stuff. And like, I didn't know Mike at all. He was a, a friend of a friend introduced me and said he should get him on the show. And it was amazing. Um, so it's a really, That's I'm, I'm cool. excited about doing it now. Not that I wasn't before, um, but it's just <laughs> it's pr- a proper like new new territory for me. So it's quite exciting. Yeah. How did you find me? How did I find you? Uh, it was through Twitter. It was through Twitter with all of your uh, amazing Twitter game threads. Oh um, uh, yeah, it's it's going well. <laughs> but no, that's I think that's really good. And then like obviously you're working on all these interesting things that I wanted to talk about. Um, and yeah, it's just this. It's, I'm always excited to speak to new people because it's it's kind of the the blessing and the curse of games these days. Is there's just so much mm-hmm. amazing stuff and so much interesting stuff. It's hard to it's hard to kind of even keep like track. keep track of everything. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, I know. It's crazy. But you know that's a, totally that's a good thing to have. Well, Excellent. let's do, um, for the sake of ceremony then, Jen, let's do a uh, Jenny. <laughs> let's, do, uh, <laughs> let's do a formal introduction. So uh, welcome yeah, to the show. Okay. Thanks so much for, for coming on. Uh, if you don't mind, would you introduce yourself? Yes. Thank you so much for having me. So um, my name is Jennifer, Jennifer Shirley. I am originally from Germany, now living in Melbourne, Australia. Uh, I work as the game design lead at Opaque Space, a Melbourne-based studio. We mainly do uh, virtual reality games that are a little bit on the intersection between games and training because we work with NASA and uh, Boeing, for example, on developing future astronaut training with those games. So that's the very short version of what I do. (laughs) That's super exciting. I was really interested, like, why 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 nasa would be working with an australian company do you know and i don't mean that in a negative way but it's just it seems weird like surely there's there's companies in america uh yeah it's actually quite complicated to be honest with you i can't obviously talk about the um the details of the process behind that um but essentially how that came to life was uh before i even started at opaque space the company um, was doing a lot of uh, virtual reality R&D, like, um, research and development, okay. how to use VR. And uh, the game I'm working on right now, which uh, yeah, won a couple of awards this year. I saw, yeah. Congratulations. Called... Yeah, thank you. Jesus, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, its name is Earthlight, and Earthlight has been... Uh, has started out before my time at Opaque as a, kind of a tech demo, a prototype of what people can do with VR and um, 
footage of that eventually made it to Reddit and um, it was very popular there. And uh, the, the story is a little bit more complex than that and I'm kind of simplifying it. But yeah. essentially what happened was that um, NASA kind of found us on Because, um, of course, all of NASA sit and read and read it all day. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, in the end there was this contact and um, uh, the, the previous team that was working on, on the, the tech demo kind of went over to NASA and uh, we looked at um, potential collaboration with them. And yeah, it kind of kind of took a while until it actually uh, it actually took off. But now I'm on board with the new team at Opaque Space, and we we made the current version of Earthside, which is like a, a 15 minute kind of short spacewalk game. Yeah. And uh, yeah, parts of that that game are actually currently used at NASA's uh, Hybrid Reality Lab, where they develop mixed reality and virtual reality training for future astronaut training that must be so exciting I, like, <laughs> i'm assuming like getting the chance to kind of work with nasa in that sense you get access to all kinds of cool stuff like just it's even just reference images tricky. and things like that it'd be amazing yeah exactly um mainly information and uh you know getting getting yeah having kind of people at the source and being able to talk to them about what it's actually like and what they care about is really important for our work. And uh, frankly, even for how I work, it has really changed the way I, uh, it's really difficult to explain. It, it sounds really esoteric. Okay. So I'm going to be a little bit esoteric now. That's fine. That's good. It has, <laughs> has really changed the way I work in general because, um, you know, all of a sudden you meet people who, work at this this giant organization which does literally things that are pretty much impossible right yeah so um so collaboration and working well with others and being a team and working on something that important really changes the way you work and the way you work with others because um, there's no snide or people putting each other down or uh, yeah it's just something that i have not experienced with them and um, they have been nothing but supportive, and all of a sudden you work on this stuff that is, um, yeah, that is more important than than what what you do, or more important than your own lifespan. Absolutely. <laughs> Even sometimes it's pretty, it's pretty freaky. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, it must be really tricky as well to kind of like I'm not sure how you, I, I guess like you personally and the kind of the the company kind of approach these games like is it more on the game side or the simulation side and how do you find that balance or are they are they almost <laughs> get, kind of two separate strands lot, <laughs> yeah i get that question quite quite a bunch um i i'll be honest with you and i think that's why why earthside is so interesting and so cool um i i made earthside with the team like from a game design perspective right like a regular game yeah the only considerations that I have beyond that is uh, that I want to honor NASA's message, like NASA's overall spirit. Yeah. Um, so I can't just go crazy and throw aliens in there because I don't want to do that. I mean, I technically could. They wouldn't stop us. But um, it's important to me to represent what they do Yeah. in in the work. 
Um, so you haven't seen the secret alien files yet in NASA's <laughs> No secret files. But people, people sent me weird messages and, and like I have a lot of conspiracy theorists who follow me <laughs> <laughs> as a result of the whole NASA thing sent really weird things to me. You would not believe it. <laughs> really weird stuff. Really weird stuff. But that's a whole other topic. That's a whole um, episode, yeah, so I think, probably. I think what's... Yeah, totally. I think what's interesting is that... Um, Designing the game the same way I would design any other game, apart from you know trying to represent NASA well, uh, is what's interesting about this because it shows how valuable game design theory and game development and the learnings that we have accumulated over the last thirty years and you know thirty years plus in yeah. making games is valuable for other areas of life. Is so it- you don't have to be crazy um much into simulation or or gamification or any of this stuff to bring value to these companies and i think games um games yeah games in and of itself without you know trying to be something crazy simulation serious can can bring value to these to these places even nasa that's that's so fascinating like i i'm i'm without wanting to put you on the spot too much like do you have like an example you can think of or is it not that simple to kind of boil down into like oh so we did this and then they were like oh that's surprising <laughs> oh, no, i know i i do i mean i can't i can't talk about what they their work is like or how they implement things okay but um i can talk a little bit about the conversations that i have with them like the type of conversations i have with them because um you know what they're interested in is obviously in training is uh, you know how do you how do you know that someone has learned a skill? How do you encourage someone to learn the skill quicker and better and retain that skill over long periods of time? That's what training is about, right? Yeah. So um, if you think about games, that's what games do all the time. Absolutely. Games have to teach players how to understand the world that they live in and the, the rules that they um, they have to live by in that world and the things that you have to learn to, to survive or do tasks in this world. So teaching or training people is is at the core of what games are so the same principles function for for training essentially and i would even argue that some of those principles function better they have to follow some different parameters in the end but some of those principles that we know from gaming work better because people learn better when they have uh, an emotional connection to things and when they are emotionally invested into games so um, you know, we we do things like uh, use music and we use uh, you know emotional connection to to get people to be more invested in tasks Absolutely. the same way as the regular games do. <laughs> and I do think uh, it's interesting for training to do so. Absolutely, and and I I feel like because um, because it's a game studio doing it. Like I've had like terrible jobs in the past where I've had to go to like these awful training days. We're about to learn some mindless task or, or other or some team building exercise. And they're always, they attempt things like that. You know, they try and get you emotionally invested. And they try and use music. And it's always just just cringe inducing and just horrible oh, and God, you end up resenting it. But if you're, if, if you're, those tools will still work. But because you're coming from a kind of more game um, point of view, like a very serious, we want to make entertaining, good, thoughtful, emotional yeah. games, then it's just going to work that much better. It's not just kind of it is, patched on you're in that kind to, of cheesy way. Exactly. <laughs> it's so true because, um, yeah, I, I cringe at these as well. I have been through those training sessions myself. Yeah, of course. The they're awful. And they're, they're awful. They're awful because they're they're trying to force you into an emotional mindset. Or an Absolutely, emotional yeah. 
state. And you're like, you can't fool me. You have to, like... But games, games do do are... that, but they're just much better at it. <laughs> of course, because they don't force you. They they ask you to come yeah. on this journey with them. And that's a very different... That's a very different um, uh, starting point, right? Yeah, totally. So... <laughs> I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I think I think there is a lot that we can learn from each other in, in those fields. I'm I'm curious as well, like in terms of um the, the kind of the, the games you're you're working on. You say that that it's kind of they are used in a, in a training uh, simulation, and because it's VR, like I don't know, like the NASA have some like crazy super high tech version of VR, like full haptic <laughs> suits and stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like you make this okay. bit of it, but then they take it away and they put it into their mega machine. <laughs> that's probably okay. not what it's called well, so okay here's here's the things that i can tell you so a um it's not the the game the way it is uh, the way it's out there in the public yeah um that is used at nasa it's just parts of it are used at nasa to develop training yeah it's still very much in development so nasa has been using vr for much longer than any of us <laughs> But the last 20 years, you know, people have been doing incredible things at, uh, at NASA, at the VR lab, uh, who has done great work with their own engine a long time before we have even started thinking about VR for consumers. But the headsets look very different. Um, and so um, consumer, a consumer VR version is really good for them because now all of a sudden all this stuff is like all the technology is much cheaper and easier yeah, absolutely. to use because, you know, now we have, we have game engines that you can work with to put stuff in that is much easier to do compared to just writing your own engine for it. Um, so for them, it's good. For them, it's great to do that. Uh, and speaking of crazy machine, <laughs> the only crazy machine they, they use to put stuff into, and um, our CEO, Emma Dennis, has tried it out himself, uh, is the Argos. So that's essentially their... <laughs> it's like a giant, giant offload system it's essentially you being strapped into like this giant machine hands um torso head arms etc um and you're being strapped into and suspended in in, in midair and the offload system calibrates your weight and simulates your gravity for you oh my god that sounds amazing <laughs> <laughs> like it is amazing. when can we get those so, in every <laughs> living room that is so good <laughs> we have um so yeah our, our ceo has been able to try a version of Earthlight in that crazy ass system, which is really fascinating stuff, and I can't believe that we were able to do that. That's so exciting! <laughs> it's it could be, not normal. It's so exciting because that means that that technology is there, so that's gonna make its way into the sort of consumer world at some point. The full ah, fingers tactics. crossed, man! Oh, it's so exciting. <laughs> I'm fully no. into just like full Matrix by the time I'm retiring. That's, I'm fine by that. Um, <laughs> Oh, so exciting! Yeah, I know. I think I think what's so cool about about their work is that you know um, it informs what happens on the consumer market and vice versa. Yeah, because you know they work with technology far earlier than any of us do, because uh, you know they have to fly to space and they kind of need to be of <laughs> at the brink of the newest thing in technology. <laughs> but all this stuff comes comes to us eventually, and then it feeds back, and it's the cycle. Of, of exchange and that's what they're fantastic at I, I love that about about their work oh so exciting um well I, I'm gonna <laughs> gonna meander back for a moment Jen mm. and if you can remember what was your very first experience of a video game 
Yeah, you warned me of that one. <laughs> I really, I, I was wrecking my brain on on that one because it was it's really hard to actually think back because I've been playing games for a really, really, really long time. Um, I, I okay. So were they just kind I'm of always child. around? So it wasn't like they kind of always, landed in your life. Always, yeah. always. No, no, no. Always around. Like so, so much always that I can't fully remember it anymore because I'm an only child and the only person who was somewhat close to me as a brother figure was my cousin he's like 10 years older than me okay <laughs> but like i love him you know he's really close to my heart and um he would play video games all day <laughs> and that's like whenever i was at, at my my grandparents house and um he was there i would just sit next to him and watch him play games what what so, games though what, what were you playing oh and everything <laughs> like for some reason my 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 first um memories of games that i actually played with my own hands were uh i can't even remember which kind of racing game i don't think it was a need for speed i think that was way later i i struggled to actually piece together my memory but i remember that that like the first time i actually tried to properly play a proper game that was not a ch- ch- children's game was the first tomb raider and <laughs> it was hilarious because I was like sne- I sneaked into his room and I played it by myself. I was way, way, way too young to even be able to play that, <laughs> like physically, physically and mentally. <laughs> and I remember that I just pieced together how the controls work just from from looking at what he did. And I I don't know if you remember the first level. You know, you you, you game dropped off in the middle of nowhere and you wear you don't wear clothes at all that work in like a super cold environment. But yep. here we are. <laughs> and you run into this cave and I don't even know if you remember but there was this pit uh, like really early on that you had to jump over and I failed to jump because I was incapable of doing anything in a game so I, I fell into the hole and in this hole there was a bear <laughs> and I didn't know how to fight so this bear just came running from behind and just like mold Lara from behind and I got so spooked <laughs> and I screamed <laughs> and everyone came running into the, the, the room because because they're all afraid that I hurt myself or something and I didn't play games for a really long time after that because <laughs> Lara Croft being mauled by a bear ruined games for you for a couple of years <laughs> kind of traumatizing <laughs> yeah but I you know I picked up I picked up really strange games uh, as a result of that um, afterwards when I was capable of actually holding the controller properly and you know, um, I play things like The Clue. Do you know The Clue? The Clue? Really old, weird. Yeah, ever heard of that? I don't think Heist so. Game? What is that? What is that on? What system? Um, or is it just PC? PC. Or... It was PC. Yeah, we, I'm German, so we only play on PCs. Right, okay, okay. <laughs> after, <laughs> after the PlayStation generation, everything was just PC in Germany. It's just what we do. <laughs> That's so interesting. So, That's so interesting. But okay, yeah, so this is a PC it's game. It's so true. Yeah, PC game, The Clue is uh, one of my fondest memories of early gaming. Um, the Clue is a heist game where you have to like stake out in front of the place that you want to break into and figure out like, you know, uh, what are the police patrols and how much time do you have in between and are there any security measures and you have to like plan around that before you can actually go in and do the heist. That sounds Excellent. super fun. You should check it out. That that, yeah, that sounds kind of ahead of its time as well, though, because there's loads of games. Like, yeah. it, it was, is it pay payback? No, what's that game now where it's all about doing heists? Pay, I don't know. Pay something. Anyway, but yeah, no, that that sounds good. 
Um, and like, I, I'm curious, like, because I, I, German is a is a new country that I've had on the show, so I'm always <laughs> interested to see, see, like you were saying, everyone played on PC. It's interesting to see the differences between countries and how games are viewed. Like, was it? Um, you, you mentioned your cousin that you'd sort of watch play games stuff, but did you ever kind of build friendship groups around games, or were they very much like, oh no, that's not uh, that's not for for me or like shunned almost like a geeky thing you don't want to tell anyone about like so friendship yeah like did, did you, you say friendship? yeah did you form groups around games in oh, school yeah. like and find other people who loved games or was it kind of something you you would hide away because it's, oh, it's a bit nerdy i don't want people to know i'm really into oh games. no no that i didn't it's it's kind of interesting because um yeah that that gets it gets a little bit personal but that's cool so yeah i i never tried to hide it because and i think that's a big influence from my cousin because Again, he was 10 years older than me, and that it's really unusual that a 10-year-older kind of brother figure just, like, drags his 10-year-younger cousin around to everything. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> pretty cool, right? Yeah, he was awesome. Like, he never made me feel like I didn't belong because I was younger or a girl or any of this. He, he was really awesome about that, and I appreciate it to, until today because, uh, like, for the majority of my life, before all the, you know, weird ghost don't play games thing started when I was a teenager. Yeah. Uh, I was just like, yeah, this is this is what I do. This is what I belong. Yeah, hell yeah. I was sitting next to them when they were having their first Counter-Strike tournaments. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was really, really early on too. And by the time I, I got into like puberty and when when people uh, around you get start being really mean and tell you that, you know, ghosts don't play games. Yeah. I was just so deep into it that it was like, fuck you, you have no <laughs> idea. I'm gonna beat you in whatever you game you want. <laughs> I just didn't care. Like I to me they did not I did not care about them. Cause like to me it was so natural my entire life. I you know, they couldn't like <laughs> they couldn't do anything to me. That's amazing. So So, so you yeah. would kind of <laughs> but clearly you would kind of um after this early traumatic Tomb Raider experience, you kind of <laughs> uh, learn to sort of embrace games and get really kind of oh. involved in it. So where, like, are there other games from that kind of period that kind of stand out for you as being particularly formative for whatever reason? Um, yeah, good question. Uh, I, I really think that it became particularly interesting for me uh, from a social perspective when uh when multiplayer things happened like okay. the whole first counter-strike tournaments like the first counter-strike clans when people all of a sudden you know dragged all their gear around to go to giant warehouses and play giant tournaments and i was like oh what the hell is this this is like it's not just a hobby it's a, it's like a it's a community right there's, absolutely yeah there's people behind this that band together and that uh, care about this on the on a whole other level and so I don't have specific games that I tie to that, but more experiences that were about um, the community behind it. Yeah. So naturally, one of the most influential games that I had during my teenage years was when World of Warcraft came out and it was super fresh and we were all like, oh my God, 40 players in one raid? Are you serious? <laughs> that was just crazy. Like it, it just seemed like such an insane concept to me that you, you would have to sit down and coordinate with 40 other people. You know, that's something that you without World of Warcraft at the time, you never do in your life unless you're a manager. Yeah, I feel like, like for, especially for teenagers, that's probably a super useful experience. Hell yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was like 16 or you know 17, I can't remember, but something along those lines when, when that hit, and it was just so fascinating to me that 
all of a sudden, um, you know, you could do just super insane stuff like that. And I think it's really valuable. And uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not super into what of Warcraft anymore by, by long shot for many years already. But yeah, I, I was always fascinated by games that would show that there's a commitment beyond just the, the reach of the game world yeah totally it kind of like it, it can have social ramifications and personal ramifications mm. like but like I, I suppose you're clearly someone who thinks about this sort of stuff a lot like do you do you, did you think that at the time or was it just like this is a cool game i get to play loads of people were you like oh this is no, no, actually no, I, I really useful for me as a 16 year old girl <laughs> to have these experiences no no i i actually thought that at the time i was it's the only reason why I started playing World of Warcraft because I thought it was awesome to have this concept of having to coordinate with 40 people. So it was like this one thing that I was that I, I seeked out specifically as the first thing as soon as I hit the you know the levels for it. <laughs> yeah, that's so interesting. Um, like where I don't know that that seems like far too insightful for a 16 year old because <laughs> like, I certainly wouldn't yeah, have done that. Like, cool, dragons, a... amazing. <laughs> I was a fucking smartass man. <laughs> Is that does yeah, that come from I, hanging I, around I, with like your cousin who's ten years older, and you're like, okay, I one hundred percent, absolutely. Like I was always more with him and his friends, and with people who are way older than me, and that had good and bad sides. Trust me, like <laughs> it has good sides and also very bad sides because yeah, sixteen okay. year old should not hang out with some people mid twenties. It's just it's not. <laughs> but. <laughs> But on that on that note specifically, yeah, it, it definitely had positive impact on me. Um, just thinking about um, this community aspect on a more in a more mature way. That's yeah. true. But also, so again, all the smartass when I was here. And and like, <laughs> did you like out with kind of like social circles and stuff? Did you um, uh, like find people online? Because that, that's something for for me certainly. Like, I had friends that I played games with growing up, and they were very much a nerdy thing. But you know, we enjoyed them. But it was only when I first got the internet when I was about 17, I guess, that suddenly I got really into games because you have this huge kind of mass of people that are talking about things yeah. really smartly. So did you have that as well? <laughs> yeah, I, I did have, have quite a, quite a like click, almost a really uh, close group of people for, I don't know, close to eight years. I lost contact with them quite recently when I moved to Australia, actually. And but, were they like yeah, local, or were they then. just like on what sort of all over the place? Just all over. I the mean, place. same same time zone, but still like um, uh, uh, Germany, Switzerland, Austria. As long as it was the same time zone, and yeah. But was there like a much. specific game that you bonded over? Or was it just games culture, or uh, that was World of Warcraft, where that group originally formed? But we went through, pff, I don't know, hundreds of games <laughs> after that. Just trying it out together, mainly mainly MMOs or yeah things that we could, could play together. Play together, obviously. yeah. And so, did did you ever but, have this kind of feeling that because everybody played on PC, I guess it wouldn't have been that big of a deal, but that you were missing out on console things? No, I. It's so weird. Like it, it never occurred to me. It it, it was never a question um, to to get uh, to get into console gaming. Like I. I did stop with the like after the first PlayStation, and then the only consoles I bought were Nintendo consoles to play Zelda, because I love that game. <laughs> um, but 
Yeah, no, it never it never really occurred to me. It, I, I, I realized how much of a blind spot I have with console games when I came to Australia. And everyone here plays console games all the time. <laughs> it's, yeah, it was really strange to me because I, I had to catch up on so many console games that people were just like, you have to play this. Yeah, no, you're, no, you're a game developer. You can't, you can't be a game developer without having having played this game. It's impossible. <laughs> and so I had to catch up on stuff like Shadow of the Colossus and uh, I don't know, Red Dead Redemption. So things that you just have to kind of have in your repertoire yeah. as milestone games. I yeah, go, but I, I go with I go with Shadow of the Colossus, but I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that, that's oh, so 100%. interesting. Um, so, so I guess like where where did the kind of the the seeds of getting into sort of game design and development sort of start? Where, where do you think you started getting that interest? Oh, that's yeah. It's a really weird story because it, it makes no sense nowadays in my head, but it, it's just <laughs> the way it is. Um, I did not have a single idea of that of how people made games for the majority of my life. <laughs> I don't know how I thought games were made and that they would just pop out of an ear or something. Yeah. But I never spared a thought. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I I did not until I was like, I don't know, 19, 20, when I had to think about what I want to do in life. I think that's totally... I think and, like uh, everyone kind of thinks that a little bit because it's I, just really do you get developers kind of put in the spotlight yeah. to talk about it. So that's one of the reasons really I want to do the show. You really have to like, actually seek it out. You have to seek it out to actually know. So I, I just didn't think about it at all. And it was really strange because it was such a big part of my life otherwise. So to, to me nowadays, it's just like, how did I not even think about this? Crazy. <laughs> um, being a big advocate for, you know, talking more about development processes and so Absolutely. Um, yeah. And then I, I always thought that I would do art because um, I'm still, uh, yeah, I, I would say I'm a talented artist, even though I don't want to do it. But it was always kind of the direction that I was pushed into as well. Like my dad was like, oh, you know, this is what you need to do and this is what you're good at. So um, I started out as um, as a, an intern at a, like an, an art society in Cologne. And I hated it so much. Oh, man, that's no like so romantic. And you just like, no, it was rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was horrible. It was the most prestigiously gross lies <laughs> everywhere people were horrible and false and it was just not it was horrible i hated every bit of it and i just i just kind of got a little bit depressed over that because you know if there's one thing that everyone always said i needed to do was not working for me what do i do right so i literally just stumbled across this stupid like game development uni ad in the magazine randomly somewhere and i was like what you can actually make games for a living <laughs> you know it was <laughs> it's hilarious because it, it kind of just fell into place in my head because i still love art and i still want to do that yeah and i but i what what i couldn't figure out with my internship at cologne was i didn't want art to be uh like so like empty so um, just about how much you can talk it up and blah blah. Absolutely, like, I, I, yeah. I wanted art to have a function, you know. I want art. Uh, I'm really pragmatic. I'm a even nowadays a very pragmatic designer. Um, hated hated the prestigious um, art studio in Cologne so take on video games. Did they? Yes. Were they very dismissive of video games? Oh, of everything <laughs> that was not really expensive and fancy. 
<laughs> just not, it just didn't function for me. And I, I loved how, I loved the idea of how, you know, in video games, all the art forms like music and, 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 uh, and actual art and writing and voice acting and, and coding even, which I think is some, some sort of art form too, um, it all has to somehow work together. So it has, it has a function, right? All these things cannot try to overpower each other because otherwise it doesn't work as yeah. a whole. And I thought that was really fascinating, and it was yeah, it had such a pragmatic feel to it that I just felt really at home straight away. Oh, that's so great! Uh, yeah. So, so did you go? <laughs> and was that in in somewhere else in Germany? Yeah, that was in Berlin. I studied in Berlin, which that was, I very much miss. I suppose, like, was it exciting then? Well, not exciting, but like, did you feel <laughs> like you met a bunch of kindred spirits in that moment, like going to that course? So you're like, oh, right, these people, these are cool. Uh, Oh no! <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be honest with you. Uh, no, not because ugh, it's complicated. You know, I, I don't want to get all political on you, but it's complicated when you study games as a woman. It just is. I can't. Like, I never wanted to believe it myself, and then I studied, and I'm like, oh, okay. So I take See. it there weren't a, a huge amount of women in, on the course then. No, I was one out of two. Oh in a man, that's course. brutal. <laughs> Yes, it really is. It's, it's pretty brutal, yeah. I, I always thought, whatever, I can handle it. But it was actually pretty brutal. I, I'll be super honest with you. It was pretty gnarly. <laughs> That's grim, but, though. Like In know. terms of like people just being dismissive, I suppose. Or was it just the fact that mm. just why, why are there no girls here? This is crazy. Um, people were pretty dismissive. Um, people were very concerned with, you know, just hooking up with me instead of, me studying like I was I was there to study man I was I'm a really focused person I'm a really driven person I'm really uh yeah I just couldn't handle all this bullshit I like um I just wanted to study <laughs> that's all I wanted to do and everyone else had everything else in mind and it was really annoying and I was just really mad that no one was interested in what I actually did or um that must be yeah, especially I, tricky I never... for something like games because it's so it's so collaborative, as you said. Like it's so many different elements yes. all working together, and that's that's, that's very problematic, I imagine. Right? How can I do just, everything on my own? <laughs> yeah, it was really exhausting. It was. Yeah, it was. No one was a bad person, but I know. I know exactly really what you mean. Yeah, exhausting <laughs> all the time, and I just needed them to not be that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what about um, in university then? Like in terms of of games, like was, was did you kind of did playing games take a back seat because you were studying so much or oh, were you yes. still playing a lot or i would still play but um over the last 10 years it has just steadily declined um yeah i just don't have as much time anymore i i nowadays i play a little bit more again because um, i play with my partner and it's really fun um but more for really being able to relax but i just don't have time like i, I, don't, I don't nearly have as much time anymore uh, and at the time, um, I would still game a lot with my fixed group that we talked about before. But uh, yeah, I was I was more interested in studying and learning about the craft, and um, I was much more into that and and other things at the time. But yeah, I suppose, cause... like doing that though, like were there? I don't know. Like in terms of learning those things, you would. I imagine discover games that you perhaps wouldn't have known about before or something that would suddenly be like, Oh, this game 
like I'd heard about that, but now I know understand this about it. It's amazing <laughs> now. You know, like maybe console games that you've missed or something. Um, it it wasn't as as much part of the course as I wanted it to be. Like I later down the track, uh, I became a game design tutor myself for a while. Okay. And it was it would be part of my curriculum to to tell students about games that they haven't played before that are important to play because they are significant in one way or another. But um, that wasn't part of my course when I was still a student. It was it was a really rocky course overall because it was, it was one of the very first game design courses ever in Germany, <laughs> which is rocky. I'll be honest with you. It's <laughs> I learned really weird things that I did not need at all like what like what but, you know it was also like um <laughs> like flash programming <laughs> which is <laughs> you oh, really don't need that flash. <laughs> you may need that in germany a little bit because germany still plays about the games can you believe it um well that's a rich scene of, of like that's something actually i wasn't aware <laughs> of until doing this show and speaking to various people about how important flash games were like very early flash oh, games it's the, the so rise important. of indie essentially problem is that in germany they are still important like there's an entire industry still making browser games which is like how have you not moved on crazy <laughs> <laughs> but like there was nothing around like unity at the time we did not have super accessible free to use yeah game engines it was just not exist it was non-existent or it was not developed enough to actually use it properly um it was just weird <laughs> and, I, like, and no one knew how to use it or teach it so ugh, yeah i i, I don't know it. if i've got the the time scales right but like i'm imagining like this sort of period when you're in university that's kind of would coincide maybe with the kind of rise of the, like xbox live arcade and like the the kind of indie yeah. renaissance and stuff so that must have been super exciting from that perspective it was, except that no one really had an idea on how to teach that stuff. Like I, I learned a lot of that in retrospect, and I was really unaware for for way too long of important developers and names that you should know. It was just not a thing. It was very strange. It was a very weird landscape. Um, and then, you know, on top of that, there is an aspect to that where Germany, despite being good at speaking English overall, is a little bit cut off from the rest of the industry. Yeah, just as Maybe I was talking about that more. then, I was thinking, like, what? I, I couldn't think of a German kind of developer or, or, or game yeah. that came out, aside from, like, <laughs> massive strategy games on the PC. Yeah, yes, exactly. And that's, like, it's it's still true. There, there just isn't a lot. And um, it is successful in and of itself in their own little... You know, we make weird browser games and mobile games and things like that. And then there's, like, one of the most successful ones is Dedalic Entertainment, who is a publisher slash developer for uh, classic adventure games, like Point and Click. Okay. Which is super weird. <laughs> and no one else does it. <laughs> but they do it really, really religiously. Which they do great. Like, it's, it's a great studio, which you should check, totally check out. But... Um, yeah, it's it's a very strange industry, very, very um, driven by people in suits. <laughs> so is that why you you left the country? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's like I can't lie; it's true. I did, I did because I, um, I it's not what I want to do. I uh, needed another space. I needed, yeah, I needed space. Okay, well, I'm gonna <laughs> we'll come back to that in a, in a moment. So I'm gonna take a very brief aside to do some relatively quick fire questions. Uh, cool. So, 
Uh, Jenny, if you had to play a game with death for your own mortal soul, uh, what game are you best at? My What I'm best at? Yeah, if you had to play like Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, Shit. Seven Seal style, play a game with death, Shit. <laughs> what do you choose? Wow, that's quite a question. Uh, I don't know, definitely not a console game because I suck at all of them. <laughs> <laughs> you can even choose your own um, games. If I don't know... Even if it's not a win state, it's fine. I'm great at my games. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, I would totally... I've, I've played a lot of Earthlight because I have to because we don't have a QA department. <laughs> I would be great at Earthlight, okay? Okay. But, um, yeah, apart from Earthlight because it's probably a really boring answer because no one will probably know it. <laughs> um, I would probably do something crazy as... Uh, I play a lot of survival co-op games. Okay. Um seven days to die it's really fun um, yeah that's have you that's, heard of that one i have i've played that it's it's crazy hey. that's the kind of the free-to-play <laughs> um who who is behind it is it suda 51 has a hand in it good question i do not know where well, you're running through the sewers and stuff and maybe i, I think it, you're thinking of a different game i think i'm thinking seven of days to game. die is a sandbox zombie horde survival game First person? No. No, I'm not. I'm thinking of a totally different game. Yeah. I'm thinking of that weird free-to-play <laughs> one that was on the the PlayStation. I can't think what it is. But okay. Me and the PlayStation game. <sighs> Come on. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I realize, but, but it's, it's new, like base, so I thought maybe things building, changed. Uh, trap base building. Uh, every seven days, you have a giant zombie horde coming at you. Kind of like that. <laughs> oh man, that, that, I mean that would be. In terms of like playing a game with death, that'd be very cinematic. That both of you are just trying to survive <laughs> as long as you could. Um, yes. <laughs> okay. Well, next question: uh, uh, If you are like a sort of competitive player, like have you ever been, or are you a competitive player? I suppose. Like, have you ever been locked in a particularly memorable high score battle or competitive game? Um. No, I I'm not a competitive player at all. I had the. I can get quite competitive in certain games, but I have been put off many, many times by competitive play communities <laughs> for, you know, I think you've heard a lot of that from all the other female guests. It's really shit when you're a woman and you're trying to play competitively anywhere. Yeah. Because just the abuse is really intense and I don't have fucking time for that, man. I just don't <laughs> have time for that. <laughs> I have shit to do and places to be. I don't have time to feel miserable because some people yell at me all day about being a woman on no, the internet. I think, <laughs> in general, most voice chat outside of people you know is, is grim. Like, I just you turn yeah. all of that off all the time. Um, like, I've played yeah. a million games of Overwatch in total silence, <laughs> unless I'm playing yeah. with some friends. And it's so Which much better totally that true. way. Like, super bad, but it also gets ten times worse when you're a woman. I'm, I'm sure it does. I'm sure it does. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I've kind of, I've kind of ended up not doing it. Um, I really loved Overwatch when it came out, and yeah, it, as soon as you get into higher ranks, you're just like, no, nah, I'm not doing it. I see. Now you're clearly much better at it than me as well. Uh, I've never got to the higher <laughs> ranks. Um, if uh, if you if you are prone to such things, Jenny, uh, what is your worst rage quit? <sighs> Huh. Uh, I am prone in some genres. Okay. Uh, I am prone to rage quit in almost every single platformer 
I have ever tried to play. <laughs> I love platformers, but I am terrible at them. Like, utterly uh, horrible at them. Um, probably the worst rage could have had was Shovel Knight. Okay. But I had several. So I can't even pinpoint down which one was the worst. I can I can <laughs> fully imagine how that game. Like, I've <laughs> actually only just recently started playing that a little bit. And I can already tell that it's going to infuriate me. I feel me. a little bit of shame because I have so many friends who are really, who are also really good at platforming games. But they were just like, oh my god, a show is awesome. I'm like, yes, but I'm so terrible at it. I just can't. Ah, God. <laughs> I, no, I, I, can't, I think, I think they are uniquely placed as being... being... <laughs> sorry, carry on, sorry, carry on. I'm just mad at myself for being so terrible at games that I actually love because I love Shovel Knight, <laughs> but I'm like, ugh. Why is it bad at this, Jenny? <laughs> but I, I, I do think like platformers are uniquely suited for like making you frustrated. Like all of my worst <laughs> yeah. kind of angry quits and rage quits is when I was a kid, and I pretty much primarily just played platform games. And they, <laughs> they, they are were just brutal. brutal and unforgiving, and could not care less how I felt. Um, okay. Has there ever been a game that's kind of uh, consumed your life to the point where you're like, I need to uninstall this, this has taken over? <laughs> yes, and it's currently happening. Oh, no. <laughs> it's, it's, actually, um, I, I should have said at the start, this is an intervention. <laughs> yes, like, please do an intervention because <laughs> I need help. <laughs> oh, my God. And you, you're going to laugh at me super hard because this is the most ridiculous game to get stuck in. Ever, but I have several friends who suffer with me, so I only feel half as bad. So this, game, oh, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud and I'm revealing this to the world. No, do, okay, do, do. so this game is is a mobile game and it's called Love Nikki and it's literally a battle dress up game. Sounds good. <laughs> oh, it's like a really cutesy art style, pink everything, and you literally have this like character 2d character and you dress her up in different clothes to battle against other people dress their thing up in different clothes and then it's like against each other and it's i don't know what's happening with me but i've how do you how does that yeah. work how do you battle dress <laughs> it's actually really fascinating from a game design perspective that's interesting <laughs> yeah it's it's just uh, like every um every piece of clothing has it has attributes like uh, uh, mature or elegant or whatever, and they have scores in those different categories. So there's always a theme, and you have to match the theme. Right, right, okay, okay. <laughs> and then, yeah, it, there's like skills you have to stare the other person down. And <laughs> I can't believe I'm talking about this. No, that sounds really good. I, don't, I, I see nothing wrong with that. Like, I. Uh... Everyone's favorite bit of an RPG single... is the dressing up part. Like, I mean, obviously. I know, I know. Like, uh, I apologize to every single listener who I'm tossing into the, the depths of hell by potentially hooking you up. Is it associated with some sort of celebrity, or is it just on its own? No, it's just it's just probably a you know Chinese something game that <laughs> has been localized and is now. I'm sure it's. It's super unethical to play this game because the art is probably made by, you know, sweatshops or something. I, I'm sure oh, it's now you've totally and ruined no it. Now you've totally ruined it. I'm just like, oh, God, no. I'm, I'm looking at myself and I, I kind of can't believe what I'm doing. But, yeah, I've, <laughs> I've easily spent more more money in this game than I've ever spent on any game ever. <laughs> that, that is something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
yeah, take it away. Intervention, <laughs> please do it now. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, on a uh, not really similar at all. It's a totally different kind of question. But uh, <laughs> do you have a a game that's kind of your uh, your chicken soup game, like a game you would go back to for like a comfort, like a warm blanket? Hmm. Good question. Um, I have several, but like I have, I have maybe three that I go back to for different reasons. Okay. Um, one. Uh, can I go through all of them? Are you cool? Of course with that? you can. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So uh, one of them is Shadow of the Colossus. I love this game so much, even though I just played it in the last two years. Uh, but I love it for for. A lot of the games that I love are, are really um, do something specifically interesting from a game design perspective. Yeah. So Shadow of the Colossus being so uh, so absolutely unapologetic in doing everything differently to everyone else. Just being like, I don't care. Our world has literally nothing in there but Colossi. And, you know, we don't do side quests and we don't do quests at all. You just have to, like, run somewhere to a place and hope that you find it. And we will not give you a proper UI. And also, our game is really hard, and you just better deal with it. <laughs> I love everything about this. Like it, it's unapologetic, unapologetic in what it's trying to do, following no conventions whatsoever, and making it work. And I love that. Uh, also, giant colossi that you take down. I mean, come on, what else do you want? I find I've, I, oh. you know, it's so weird. I, I, I've never really got on with Shadow of the Colossus, and I think I just. It's a similar thing I get with a lot of games, like games like Fallout as well. I don't really enjoy because yeah. I just I don't like being in that world. I find it immensely yeah. like grim and lonely, and I I get that that's an achievement in itself <laughs> that it makes me feel like that. <laughs> but I just I don't I don't like it. Like Ico totally is cool. I love I so not. much, but I've never got on. Really? It. Yeah, and I don't know why it's different. I guess because you can hold the girl's hand and just all of those <laughs> little just mechanics are so quite good. alone <laughs> yeah i just don't like being yeah. on my own i just don't like being on my own uh you know i love shadow of Colossus, but i will not roast you for not liking it that's totally cool okay. we don't hate people who hate, who, who hate games that we love absolutely cool. not no <laughs> uh yeah another one is um to the moon which is definitely my like soul comfort emotional everything i love you game <laughs> because it's just you know it's very, very narrative heavy, um, very short, beautiful, just beautiful. Just go and play it. Just, you know, I don't care about anything, but take three hours out of your time of your life and play to the moon. If you haven't, I haven't, no, um, I, I just don't do want to, I don't want to tell you much about it. Like don't expect too much, um, mechanics. Just, just check out the story. It's, it's uh, a beautiful story about death and love. And you should play it. <laughs> okay, I, I will. And then there's this one game which is like so defining for me as a game developer. And I keep wondering if people who are not game developers understand this game, actually. Have you played The Beginner's Guide? Um, have I played The Beginner's Guide? <laughs> very, it's I, a I very feel like weird I, game. Is it the... It's the guy who did the Stanley Parable, right? Yes. Same guy. That isn't William. It's the other one. Yeah. I don't know what the other yeah, one's yeah. name is. Sorry. What's the other guy's name? <laughs> That's okay. Uh, can't think of it right now. <laughs> okay. Because yeah, no, I had William. On the right track. William was on the show, and I loved those games. Oh, I loved okay. his games, like the Stanley Parable yeah, and excellent. the Doctor something or others. Lab. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I've yeah, not yeah. played the Beginner's Guide. No, actually. Um, 
I, yeah, I wonder. I wonder if the beginner's guide actually works for anyone who is not a game developer, or if everyone who is not a game developer just like looks at it and is like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> it's really hard to describe what it is, but I can tell you that when I played it, I had like the most brutal existential crisis as a game developer of all times, and I cried for half an hour. <laughs> oh man! And then I caught myself again, and I love making games even more. But like for half an hour, I was soul crushed, just because it has this. And I think everyone draws different messages from the game who has some sort of creative side, but it's all about um, like this. Sometimes you have this love-hate relationship with yourself as a creator that creates interactive content, right? Where interactive content is only, or so we think, only useful when there is another person playing it, right? So we we rely on a person other than us to play the game for it to be a game. Absolutely, yeah. Obviously highly philosophical <laughs> and you could totally debate that but uh, like it's all about um, wanting to be recognized as a creator and wanting to be loved by the people who play your games and how bad that is and how much it influences the way you work and the way you do things so it's like it's so crushing for everyone who's a creator <laughs> in the best possible way <laughs> um it's danny reason i think i, I think that's how you say his surname oh here we go um, yeah so just just to give give credit um yes that's amazing no, I, I i do actually remember that sort of coming out and i i don't i, I don't know why i didn't play it because i'm a big fan of all of those games um i would highly recommend it i don't know it, it might be that you totally think it's garbage or you you, it, you know it changes your life like mine <laughs> so it's one out of these two things <laughs> well that's a, that's a gamble worth taking that's a gamble worth taking yeah i, I think so too <laughs> um the, okay, the last part of this one is the last quick fire question is um, given, like you know, you said, you had this life changing experience playing a game, games can provoke all kinds of amazing emotions. Uh, however, I feel like one of the ones that is uh, still not explored that much is, is comedy. So, uh, Jenny, what games have really made you yes. laugh? Oh, come on. There are comedy games out there. and it's, I know yeah, there are. It's, I, just, I get it's, it. it's rare. I get it. It and is. I want to I find know, them, which is why I, I want to ask everybody. Ah, oh, you know, of course, like, of course, I have to say Monkey Island here. Yeah, yeah, no, these are the, these Monkey are the standards. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I'm, I, I don't feel bad for being being one of the standard people, but it's just so great and so. Oh no, it's brilliant! Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like influential for everything I do, and I'm friends with Ron nowadays, which is freaky because, <laughs> <laughs> like, I grew up with with his work, you know, and and. My cousin and I played a lot of, like, all of the Monkey Islands and everything, everything he ever made. And when I, for the first time, like, I met Ron at uh, PAX East last year for the first time. I was totally bad at, you know, meeting him like a human. I was, like, fangirling and it was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but I sent my cousin a photo of me and, like, myself and Ron and it was weird. And it was like, oh, my God, you're, oh, and it's great. But now, like, I'm friends with Ron. You know, we we're friends, and this is the the beauty of of this industry, where Absolutely. I can just be friends with the people who I grew up with and who I who I love. Um, so yeah, everything he does is is great, and I I love knowing him because <laughs> it makes looking at his work so much better because he's such a grumpy guy. <laughs> <laughs> It's one of the greatest achievements of your life if you can make Ron Gilbert laugh. It's like, <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's, it goes down like 
yes, <laughs> I made it. You know what I mean? It's yeah, <laughs> it's very difficult though. <laughs> Sorry, Ron, if you listen to this ever. <laughs> Love you, man. <laughs> um, yeah. So okay, that, so that's it. More, Monkey more, Island has more. to be the one. Okay, okay, that's fine. That's fine. Um, uh, speaking of your, your cousin there, you said you sort of sent a picture of, of you and um, and Ron Gill, but like how. How does like? Are you still in touch with him? Like, how how does he sort of? He must have been thrilled that you've kind of gone where you've gone and made the games that you have and stuff. Yeah, it's we have a very interesting relationship. We we always had this relationship where we basically don't know anything about each other's private personal life. We just you know it has always been this um, mutual understanding, silent understanding where we just love each other and that's that's it like i don't know i have no idea how he grew up and the girlfriends that he had i i don't know shit you know i don't any don't know anything about him and vice versa it's just that we love each other and i remember this this one day when i was uh <laughs> i gave uh, another podcast interview for a german podcast um called it's at moin and they are like they're pretty big in germany i do daily episodes which is a lot of work, as you can oh, imagine. Oh, jeez, I can't, uh, yeah, that's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> Italy is a lot. And it's, um, yeah, I gave an interview there, and I, I didn't know that my cousin, for the last 10 years or so, was listening to his podcast every morning on his way to work. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, and he calls me, and he was like, holy shit, you were on my podcast. I'm like, what? <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah, you were on this podcast that I've been listening to for the entire time it existed, and I didn't know that you were on it. It was awesome. So, yeah, uh, sometimes you have those moments where he finds me accidentally in one of the places that he reads or whatever and that's amazing yeah, i'm like holy shit can he believe that i made it that far fuck <laughs> yeah it's, it's excellent it's really fun so so I, I guess like to sort of bring it up to date like what what um what prompted your your move to australia <laughs> and and was it everything you expected yeah i yeah i'll be i'll be a little bit mean to the german industry but probably more mean than I should be because I'm recently a little bit angry at it. <laughs> uh, I just, I just couldn't do it anymore. I, it, it's not what I need. Like it, it was not the place that I needed to be, uh, to do what I wanted to do. So, but did you get work? Like you, you, you got a role in a yeah, studio yeah, I yeah. Guess, somewhere I, in Germany. Yeah. I have, I have. Um, but it, it's very corporate. Like it's a very corporate place and places are run in a very corporate manner. So it's about making money. It's about, um, yeah, it's it's all about that. And I, I get it. Like studios have to make money, and that's all cool. Absolutely. But I I worked on games, and my my skills as a game designer were specifically used to uh, to exploit people. And I just I, I hated it. I hated it and myself, and I was just really unhappy. And uh, most places in Germany where you get hired as a game designer, specifically will ask you to do that and I can't do that anymore <laughs> I uh I'm too good at what I do I'll be I'll be very very cocky with that but <laughs> I <laughs> I mean I, I, I wanted to do more I wanted to, to use what I know about game design theory and about how to get people to do things that they didn't know they wanted to do <laughs> than to use it on how getting people to pay money for shit yeah I, I mean that that yeah. side of it is I, I I do genuinely find that fascinating, like because it as you said, like it all it's all part of the, the the same thing essentially. You're kind of you're training people, you're making people 
do things or want to do things and stuff which you can yeah. use in extraordinarily nefarious ways um but <laughs> yeah, australia exactly. that's quite far like <laughs> could you yeah, not have just know, gone over to like the uk or something <laughs> Or maybe not the UK. Actually. Yeah, the UK um, is a mess I, at the minute. I was Don't kind of looking at UK or Australia or US, and um, US was out of like I just didn't want to go to the US. I I find the US quite alienating in a lot of its cultural ways, even more so now that we have Trump. <laughs> um, UK, uh, I don't know. I just didn't. Uh, I couldn't find a connection to the UK very much and and we did a brexit uh, i've been stupid and self-destructive yeah, yeah. hopefully I've that'll to, go to away I hope so. <laughs> i've been to australia for for holidays before and i loved how australia's indie scene is so uh so close like people here are really close it has good and bad sides don't get me wrong but yeah like I can get, I can go up to one of the the most prestigious and most awesome people in the australian industry and be like hey can you help me? Morgan Jeffett, you're awesome. Please help me and figure out how this works. And he will just be like, sure, give me a call. <laughs> and that's awesome. Like, I, I love how close the people here are and how they make games against all odds because making games in Australia is difficult on many levels because we are super far out. We have almost no connections to um, where things actually happen, which is the U.S., we have almost no funding. <laughs> no one helps us fund our games. Uh, we have really shit internet, which totally influences what we do. It sounds like not, not much, but if you ever need to upload your next milestone update to a server and it has to be there in time or it has to be on the iOS store in time, shitty internet sucks. Like It sucks so much that we had one of our artists just the other day pick up files on a USB across town because it was faster to do that compared to uploading it somewhere. That's crazy. <laughs> yes, it's insane. So um, Australia is remarkable because it makes an industry flourish and work against these odds. Yeah. It's a fascinating community. I love them. You should check out more people and more work here. I, I'm speaking to, who am I speaking to? Lizzie Kane in a, yes, next week. Yes, talk to Lizzie. Lizzie I'm is speaking to Lizzie next awesome. week, I think. Yeah, it's, yes, it's, it's super interesting because, like, I've spoken to a few um, Australians now, but a lot of them left. Like, uh, like Bennett Foddy, <laughs> obviously, he, he was there for years and then yeah. moved to the UK. And um, uh, uh, why am I blanking on her name? Siobhan Reddy, um, like, uh, yeah. Media Molecule and stuff. And it just she's it, also incredible. Yeah, she's amazing. <laughs> but it, it 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 genuinely does seem that like in the past, kind of. 20 years suddenly oh no there's a video game scene now and i think that's true not just in australia but like all over the world like cities uh, it's one of my favorite things about the the kind of indie movement actually is that you have similar to kind of music scenes you have kind of city scenes around the world like there is a a berlin game scene and there is a kind of there is a new york game scene and a melbourne game scene and you get very interesting you know distinct games coming from those places i think it's really uh, amazing but again, that's yeah, like, oh like, my god, how do you keep up? This is crazy. But it's oh, I know, it's, it's so really exciting. Difficult. I I was just I was just I felt really good with um, with how people work here and how close they are and how supportive they are of each other. Um, and was it like I, that? I like straight, right off the bat, like as soon yes. as you, you came in, yeah? did you right come in with the, the job kind of thing? 
Uh, I didn't come in with a job. I totally went blind. It was a little bit insane. That's quite honest. exciting. I, would just, I just packed my bags and I went and I just arrived. And yeah, here we are. <laughs> Tank. Sorry, the cat is being ripped. Have Come on. It's all good, Tank. What's your cat called? Tank is his name. Tank. <laughs> yes, he's a giant cat. He's monstrous. Okay. That's why he's called Tank. <laughs> the tank does mean tank. It's not like a German yes. thing. It's, it does mean no, tank. no, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. That, he's just he's just a ginormous cat. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyways, so uh, I I just I just moved and I just did that because I wanted to. Uh, yeah, it was really crazy and honestly, it has done nothing but great things for me. I it has been two and a half years. I went from uh, becoming a game design teacher at a university to working on a game called Objects in Space, which has been awesome to work on because uh, it's a very weird project, uh, super ambitious for the team that we have. Um, and I, I, I built like a physical Arduino-driven cockpit for it. Oh, what? That seems <laughs> amazing. I know. It's, <laughs> I just did really crazy things. Um, and that was up for an award at Alt Control GDC, like the weird section that they have yeah, yeah, oh, I love are... I love all control GDC. <laughs> yeah, we were there and we went for an award and it was really insane. That was this year. No, last this year. Jesus, yeah, 2017. Yeah, <laughs> feels like last year. <laughs> so you made like um, a proper kind of like sort of moving, vibrating chair and stuff. With just oh god, just not 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 that, but like a, a full like uh, buttons blinking and functioning with the game and flying the ship. Oh man, that sounds good. Just, so good. Yeah, it, it was really fun uh, and really cool to do, and I learned so much. And it's in development, so it's coming out next year. Yeah, Q, Q1 next year. Check it out. It's really cool. <laughs> um, and now I work for Opaque Space, and like in just in just the, the two and a half years, I went from zero experience in giving public talks and, and like public speaking to... I don't know. I've speaking. I've been speaking at several conferences all over the world now. I've been speaking at GDC. I have won awards now. Like it, it has been a crazy two two and a half years for me because this industry here has supported me so much and has um like has given me the the space that I needed to grow. And That's I amazing. Just, you know, I I didn't have any any of that when I was in Germany. I I just needed people who encouraged me, and here we are. That's all due to them. That's amazing. That's a that seems like a very nice, heartwarming place to <laughs> to finish on. Um, but if there's if there's anything like if there's anything that hasn't come up that you wanted to mention, like please do take this chance, or just you know let people know where they can find your your games and things on the internet. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, it's actually a nice way to to finish this up. Um, yeah, so you can find me on the internet in various places. Uh, probably most conveniently on Twitter under Gaomi, that's G-A-O-H-M-E-E. I talk a lot about uh, game design. I talk a lot about space. I probably ruined space for you because I have space facts. <laughs> and I talk a lot you can about never have too many space facts. <laughs> never have too many space facts. Um, the company I work for is called Opaque Space. We work on a game called earthlightvr.com. It has won Game of the Year 2017 in Australia, and the studio has won Game of the <laughs> Studio of the Year 2017. So, Hooray. all the awards this year! Holy shit! <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, check out check out my work and 
maybe you can go to space when you play our site at some point. How exciting. <laughs> um, well, that was super fun, Jenny. Thanks so much. Was that, was that okay for you? Yeah, that was really fun. Good stuff. Thank you.